Welcome to Coffee Time Theology. Yeah. I'm Stu. And I'm Grace. And we're here to talk about theology. And drink coffee. Mm. This coffee is real tasty. Mm. This is very good. At the moment, we're drinking lattes with a little bit of caramel. Not too much. Do you remember, oh gosh, 10 years ago, we went to that place and ordered a caramel latte and the person was like, do you want coffee in it? And we were like, what are you, what is happening? Yes, that was such a weird interaction. Yeah, so they were just selling, for those of you who weren't there, which is all of you apart from me and Grace, they were selling just steamed milk in a caramel shot with no coffee in it. As, and, a, as a latte. Yeah, just and then if you wanted, you could add coffee to it, which was just the strangest way of doing... Like they wanted me to pay extra Yeah, to have coffee in my coffee. And you know, net result, I guess it's the same as getting a latte and paying extra to put caramel in it. Yeah. It's just, I would assume the default would be to have the coffee in the milk and then the flavors extra. Yeah. Rather than the flavor in the milk and then the coffee extra. It was so weird. So weird. That's not actually the topic for today, but... I mean, sometimes people do weird things. <laughs> sometimes people do weird things. You know, sometimes people do things that you don't understand or have opinions that you're just like, no, that is objectively wrong. That, I mean, that... That's a, a good segue into today's topic. We are talking about people sucking. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I people who suck. People who suck. Now, for those of you who follow the world and news and like media and, and stuff, media and stuff, you'll be aware of something in the states in the Supreme Court that has made a lot of people reasonably angry, justifiably angry, in my personal opinion. And it's made a, a whole other group of people like weirdly happy. And so the tension for us as Christians in a theological space is holding that tension of how do I love my neighbor when my neighbor's being an asshole? Yeah. Like, how do I love my neighbor when their actions are tanking my reputation? And I think, I think it's actually easier for us to love our neighbor who doesn't claim to share the same faith as us. Yeah. Right? It's easier for us to love the non-believer because we don't expect them to act in a way that we think on as Christ. Yeah. Right? We expect them to act with a little bit of honoring of Christ in them because they're still created in the image of God. They're still these divine creations mm -hmm. and image bearers. But I think we it's a lot easier to have a bit more grace with them. Yeah. Because, like, okay, you're not claiming to be living a, a Jesus lifestyle. Yeah. And then we flip it and we go, well, what about those who, who are claiming to uh, live a Jesus lifestyle? You know, what about those who are campaigning for or preaching messages in the name of Christ that we think actively harming people mm, do not sit in with this spirit of reconciliation and justice and mercy and love that is our God? Mm. How do we love them in that space? And the real quick answer is, I don't know, it's really hard. <laughs> it's always a struggle. Yeah. It's this tension of sitting down and being like, we profess with our words to both be 
on the same page and heading in the same direction. But I really disagree with so much of what you say and who you are. And I don't think that my conceptualization of who God is, is the same as yours. And mm. I, don't, I don't know if we are on the same team, actually. And that's tense. And not just tense, but uncomfortable, especially in a space where the majority voice is sometimes the one we disagree with. It's the, the loud majority within the faith, perhaps, that are disagreeing? I don't know if it's always... Like, I always feel like it's, it's a loud group, but that doesn't mean they're the majority. No, I guess, I guess what I mean is they're the loud majority, mm-hmm. so as in the majority of people that are loud. Right. Right, as opposed to the majority of everyone. And hey, we're not going to um, jump into, at least not today, jump into the theology of some of these clashes. You know, we're not going to talk about the theological implications of love and autonomy and independence. And, you know, that's, that's not what we're, where we are today. But the theology of loving your neighbor, that's made harder in these spaces where we disagree. Because at, at some point, there are some things that it's like, hey, agree to disagree is not an option here. Yeah. You know, like there are some things, and I wouldn't even go so far as to call them objective truths. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wouldn't class them that way because everyone sees it differently. But there's some things that it's like, hey, I will never agree because we're so fundamentally opposed mm. and agreeing to disagree isn't an option. What does love look like in that space? Yeah. And for the record, this is a tense topic. Yeah. And the reason it's a tense topic, I believe, is because it's so easy for me, you know, to mm. speak about me personally, to be like, hey, I'm not going to love you anymore. Like you're hurting people over here. Screw you. I'm going to go hang out with the hurting people. and I'm going to put my effort into loving them. Yeah. I'd be like, actually... I don't think we're on the same team and I'm not going to put my effort into getting to know you or caring about you because I, I can see the damage that you're doing and I'm not here for that. Yeah, that's the that's the almost the natural call, mm. like uh, the natural draw of me, you know, is like, actually, like, I don't want to love you because you're hurting people. Mm. Like, I want to disconnect. I want to make sure that we have nothing to do with you. I want to keep the people safe from and, you. And I want to go over here. And that holds a whole heap of tensions. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's a heap of tensions that we've been wrestling with as Christians, as a faith community, for 2,000 years. Yeah. This is something that Paul writes about. And saying, well, we have to love people anyway, mm. is really easy. And even agreeing to it is really easy, <laughs> right? Like, actually, yes, theologically, underpinning all of this is a deep-rooted belief that they are created in the image of God Mm -hmm. and they're God's children and they're loved. But you're being a putz. It feels like some people use the word of God to hurt people instead of to bring peace and reconciliation and justice. And in doing so, they damage the reputation of the word of God for everyone everywhere. And... It's so hard to to clean up after that. Every person that you meet, you have to be like, hey, not all Christians. Mm, Which is awful, right? Yeah. Like, it feels like you're in the space of that, not all men. You're Mm -hmm. like, no, not all men. But statistically and objectively, lots of men are part of that problem. Enough men, which is too many. Yeah, right? So, like, yes, not all men, but... Too many. Yes, not all Christians. Too many? 
and enough that it's a tainted name, you know, like this is what is believed by Christians. Now, people are uh, more nuanced than that. People understand, you know, that there are lots of different opinions and theological clashes and mm-hmm. all of these things. But where do we sit in that space of love with those that fundamentally we won't agree with? Mm. And I think for me, it comes back to what does love look like in that space? Yeah. For some, loving someone is walking alongside them while they wrestle with some stuff and being there to support them. Now, there's that tension of like, I can love someone and walk alongside them. But also, is it loving of me to stay here in this space with you, getting angry at you? Mm. to a point where we're going to damage our relationship. There's some topics I have with some people uh, who are good friends of mine who we're never going to agree on, you know? And we're never going to agree with these things. Now, we haven't hit like a non-negotiable. We've hit a, okay, I think you're being a muppet, move on. Or the relationship's been strong enough that it's like, okay, like we're done with that conversation. And we just stop talking about it. You know, this conversation is on hold to protect our relationship. This, This conversation, we're done. We're not going there. Because actually I value you as a person and Mm -hmm. I love you and I want to maintain this relationship. That's fine if the relationship's there. Yeah. And again, I think that's fine until you you hit your non-negotiable. Yeah. You know, like what's the thing where you're like, oh, actually, I don't don't know if I can hang out with someone like this. Let's take a ridiculously extreme example. I hope this is a ridiculously extreme example of like if you had a friend who was genuinely racist to the point of like cartoonish villainy. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's that becomes a non-negotiable. That becomes actually like maybe we can't be friends. I know we agree on all of these things, but like it's such a big thing. Like, yeah, this is evil. That's an obvious thing where you go. Maybe we're not friends anymore. Yeah. You know, like maybe we don't hang out. Well, I have a relative Hmm? who have lots of relatives. I have lots of relatives, but this this relative is a very staunch and kind of preachy atheist and is known for having very strong political and other opinions that he is very happy to share at a moment's notice. And when I was younger, I used to get really upset when he would approach me at a family gathering and be like, hey, how's, how's your buddy Jesus? He's still dead? I didn't really know how to deal with him, how to interact with him. And as... I've grown older and our interesting interactions have only increased over the years. I've actually kind of come to really enjoy talking with him because I, I understand that he's trying to change my opinion and I know he's not gonna because there's very little that we agree on, but I think one of the key things is that it doesn't become hate filled, right? Right. That the, the importance is like, Hey, I love you. Yeah. You know, under this, and that's where this comes from. Now, that biggest issue, the biggest issue, the biggest clash is when someone believes that with a different opinion from you, right? Yeah. And what if it's one of these non-negotiables? You know, like, what does love look like in that space? And honestly, I actually think sometimes love is walking away, Mm. not giving up, you know, not going, this doesn't matter, but going, hey, this is important. This is who I am and where I stand. And out of love, I'm going to speak it, but then I'm going to walk away. I can't make this my job Mm. to make you see my side when I know you're not, because that way leads only to hate. Yeah. You know, like, and whether it's, whether it's outright hate, you know, like in person, we hope it doesn't resort to the, the levels of 
online trolling of like differences of opinions and the vitriol mm. that comes. But you can see why it does when you have two people of such firm convictions. Mm. What does love look like in that space? It's interesting to me that within our Christian community, it can be the people who agree on 98% of things, mm. but have only 2% of difference. That can be the people who fight the hardest. Yeah. Uh, somehow the 98% of things that we agree on, the 98% of things that we would all consider are things that we should be working on and walking towards uh, get forgotten. And all of the energy and focus goes on that 2% of things. And sometimes it's in communities, the people that are sitting right next to each other. Yeah. They end up fighting the hardest. And that's difficult because like the 2% can Mm -hmm. show that the other 98% isn't the same. Yeah. Even if it's stated to be the same. It's like, oh, we actually interpreted that differently and that differently. And, And, you know, like loving someone Mm -hmm. and understanding the image of God theology, both sides of some pretty significant recent arguments Mm -hmm. would say they hold the same theology from a Christian point of view. Mm -hmm. But quite clearly they don't. But quite clearly they don't, but they do. Mm. And I think that's where this this biggest tension comes from, right? Is because it was like, no, 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 like you're saying you're doing this out of love. I'm doing this out of love. You're just wrong. No, no, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. You know, like, you know, we're just talking theology on all of these topics. There's a myriad of other things. You know, if we we talk the Wesleyan quadrilateral, we're talking about reason, tradition, scripture, and experience being Mm -hmm. what makes up our theology. Yeah. And everyone's four points are slightly different. You know, like we might read the exact same scripture with a different lens. You know, Mm -hmm. our experiences, there's no way they're the same. One of the really important things I always understood was it's not my own personal experience. It's the collective experience. Mm, But also my own personal experience. My own personal experience is as part of the collective, mm. I am still an individual within a group, but but my 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 experience doesn't get privileged over the experiences of everybody else. But it does, you know, in terms of does. in terms of personal yeah. theology, right? Like it's the you know we might have this these shared experiences, and then I go off and I have this personal experience. Um, I meet someone, mm-hmm. you know, like I have a, a relative, I have uh, someone who I really care about who holds something who's been harmed by something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that is my experience, that I now have to wrestle with the experience of others, the reason, the tradition, the scripture, and go, how does all of this come into my theology? Yeah. You know, how does this? And so while on, on the top level, we might have the same theological belief, the nuances are shaped quite differently. Mm-hmm. How do we step back from that? And choose when lovers like, okay, cool, we're going to argue these. Because mm-hmm. there are 100% times and people that need to have that argument. Yeah. You know, like, intensely. You know, like, the, and those arguments hurt. It's that you need to hear that not all Christians agree with you. Mm. And you need to hear that, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. No, sorry. From my <laughs> point of view, like, this is objectively wrong. Yeah. And here's why. And here's why. And the apologetics mm-hmm. of, of why are hugely important. Explaining, this is why I hold this belief. This is, this is why you're wrong. Now, obviously, no one likes to hear it that way. <laughs> this is why you're wrong. I don't think it's an effective argument mm. in 2022. <laughs> 
Has it ever um, been an effective argument? Maybe. maybe. I mean, in debating, it's one of the, like, in terms of actual debates. Yeah. Right? You're trying to show why their opinion is wrong. And that seems to be all politics is. But, you know, like, that's hugely important. But mm-hmm. also, it's hugely important to recognize when loving you in this space, when loving my neighbor who I can't stand right now because they're treating other people poorly, in my opinion, the loving thing to do is for me to be like, hey, we shouldn't hang out. Yeah, we, we need to not be in the same room right now. And going and retreating up a mountain and going to God and being like, hey, God, like, I can't hang out with him right now. Yeah. Like, I can't hang out with that guy. Help me, you know? Help me. Help. Yeah. Mm. Deep stuff. Hard stuff. It's, again, it's that, that challenge of loving our neighbor, right? Yeah. I think of that verse that is in my head in the form of a song, thanks to my yep. life in the church. A new commandment I shall give unto you. You should love one another as I have loved you. By this they will know that you are my disciples, that you have love one for another. Sometimes it's so hard. It's harder to have love Mm. for other parts of the Christian community than it is for people who aren't in it. And it's hard to have love because love is soft and merciful and compassionate. And love is also confrontational (sighs) and hard. Yeah. It is loving to call someone out who's hurting them. It is love to say, hey, you are wrong. Sometimes love is a hug and sometimes love is justice. Mm. And those are very different, but those are both so important. So we hope this has been helpful. There's no conclusion here. As often with theology, there's a lot of questions and and ponderings and wondering. And in this space, there's no to-do list. There's no, hey, we'll go do this and this is how we love. Because love is a powerful force that is different in so many different situations. And we just encourage you to explore what that love looks like and recognize amongst all of this, amongst all of the disagreements and the hurt, that love in a space can be walking away. Love in a space can get going, hey, I can't love you here. I can't love you if we keep doing this. So we got to stop so I can keep loving you. I'm, I'm choosing to walk away now. Hmm. So until next time, take a deep breath. Know that you are loved. Drink some more water. And have a great day. Bye. Bye. Wesleyan quadrilateral quad. Oh my goodness, quad. 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 Quad.